sit next to you so something can keep me. Musical chairs. Am I here? Hello. Musical chairs, I guess. All right. Good evening. I gave you guys some zone maps, the pressure zones. Just so we can talk about you. You can relate. Been really busy, but good. Thank you. Okay. Very much so. Thankfully. Always a good thing. Is it still supplemental that they sent to us? Surely it is. Just be aware of your microphone's on. Okay, just be aware of it. I don't want to shoot the bed. Yeah, so that's for you. Okay, good evening everyone. Being the time is 5.30, let's go ahead and call this meeting to order. Uh, may I have a roll call please? Commissioner Amendola? Present. Commissioner Arvinster? Absent. Commissioner Mulligan? Present. Commissioner Savage? Present. Vice Chair Ackerman? Here. Chair Aranio? Here. Okay. Um, before we get into the public speakers, which will be next, um, I wanted to do a little housekeeping. Um, I know that as we start going into this and as we progress along, uh, there's going to be um, opinions of that may not agree with everyone. And uh, being as such, uh, I do not want to quash any kind of discussion. I'm going to make sure that everyone has time to be able to say everything, but please do not over talk or interrupt 
another commissioner when they're speaking. You will be acknowledged. Give me a hand signal, whatever, throw a piece of paper at me. I'll make sure to get back to you so that you'll have a chance to. And um, if you need to, uh, write down on a piece of paper what it is that you want to make sure to get your point to. But please, let's be respectful of everyone and give them the time in order to be able to get their points across. And let's uh, have a good meeting. May um, I ask in, along those lines? And I don't know, stop me if this is something that we can't do. I wonder if we might give a certain amount of time before we move to the next person. And you can come back around, maybe 10 minutes per commissioner to keep the flow going. And um, that might move things along and keep us efficient. It is something that I've been debating about internally. I'm not there yet. For tonight, okay. I, I'm, I'm All right, we'll that close, I know. But right. yes, it is something that I uh, have seen going on with the uh, city council and I've been thinking about, okay. but I'm not quite there yet. I want to see if we can uh, avoid that, if at all possible. I understood. Okay, uh, next on the agenda is public communications. Is there anyone in the audience that would like to address the commission on items that are within our jurisdiction but may not be on the agenda for tonight? Do we have any speaker cards? We do not. Okay, very well. Going once, going twice. Okay, on to um, item number one, staff. All right, thank you, Chair Aronio. Um, we have had a request to uh, form a Ventura Water Pier Ad Hoc Committee, subcommittee of the commission um, that will meet to discuss the Ventura Water Pier program cost estimates. Um, so it is the recommendation that um, this ad hoc committee be uh, created and that two water commissioners be selected to serve on this Ventura Water Pier Ad Hoc subcommittee. Okay, so let me go ahead and start off on this. Um, this came as a request to me, um, circulating it back around again. Uh, again, I have my own things that I've been interested in, but I'm also asking if there's any commissioners that may be interested in doing a deep dive and into the uh, Venture Water Pier Project and be able to report back to this commission. And if necessary, um, maybe make a report to City Council if it so is warranted at that time. Um, we're going to have a lot of eyes looking at us over the next year, two years, and the numbers are certainly large enough to warrant um, some extra effort to be put into this and make sure that it, as us as volunteers understand what is being asked of us as ratepayers and that we somehow communicate that uh, to the public as to whatever those findings are. So um, at this point, I'll open it for discussion. Mike, you want to start? Actually, I would like to volunteer to help, given the years that I've done these types of cost estimates over time. I probably bring a lot of insight to help look under the covers, around the corners, and uh, understand how, what the situation might be. So I'd, I'm willing to throw my head into the ring if uh, the Commission feels that way. Excellent. Thank you. Greatly appreciated. Susan? I feel the same. I have quite a bit of experience with treatment plan construction and um, feel like I would be interested in reviewing the numbers and reporting back how, uh, you know, our, our, our thoughts on, on the estimates and the project costs. Well, this is going better than I'd hoped. Um, <laughs> George. Yeah, I'm wondering why this came back to us again and it's, as I read through the staff report, 
the staff report was prepared by the general manager and the senior assistant city attorney. But we went through this about two or three meetings ago. We did. So why is it coming back? Because I didn't like the results. Okay. I wanted to revisit it again now that we've had a little more time to receive some information, mm -hmm. hear from the public, and understand what is in front of us in order to think about it again. Okay. The goal meeting, the goal setting meeting by council, um, this two Saturdays ago, it was discussed that a council member wanted to hire some oversight project manager. And I'm wondering if this um, is in direct response to that. It is not. I didn't even realize that they'd had that workshop. Um, I did not participate in that, was not aware of it, Mia Copa. This is strictly looking as this water commission and what we have in front of us. Mm -hmm. My understanding is to what is our task, what's being asked of us, and trying to respond to that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great that we have competent and experienced commissioners that are willing to volunteer and help, but I'm not necessarily sure that aligns with what some of the council members are moving towards. So, you know, this body has, in, in my opinion, solely, um, manipulated in some ways through the bureaucratic process. And there is, in my opinion, a lack of transparency. So I'm wondering if this, quite frankly, undermines the effort to go out and hire some kind of third party oversight. Uh, those are my comments. My only response to that is if it is, I'm, I'm truly sorry. I'm not intending to step on anyone's toes. I have uh, the utmost confidence in Susan and Mike, given what their resumes and their pedigrees are from their years of experience in this field, to be able to handle it a hell of a lot better than I could in taking a look at this and understanding it and tearing into it. Uh, they've both been on projects uh, that are hundreds of millions of dollars in cost and are eminently qualified, in my opinion, to be able to do it. And that's why I'm not putting my name into it, but I. I'm really glad that those two are thro throwing their name in the hat. If city council wants to hire someone to oversee and go, fantastic, great, go city council. But that's that's not my goal, and I, if I'm stepping on their toes, I apologize. Nothing else? No, sir. Okay, Jim? Yeah, I think this is um, fully within the scope of our um, commission purpose. And I think it's a great idea within our group, our core group. We all know each other. We're working together for one objective, and that's to come to the best that we can provide for uh, our city and our ratepayers, uh, and to the city, provide to the best to the city council. So I think it's a great opportunity to have people who really know what they're doing take a deep look, and they can come back and report to us if they feel comfortable with what they see. Uh, I think it's quite an advantage to us as a group when we make recommendations to the city, but we're not quite sure uh, what's, what's under the water line there. So I think it's a great idea, and you people, two folks, are the best to do it. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. And if the, the um, city council does decide they need uh, a third party looking at this, plenty good. That's up to them. This is the water commission right here. That's all. The only thing I'd like to add to that is I expect you to have respond back if you find something that you don't like we will. and that you're uncomfortable <laughs> about. 
let us know about it, warts and all. So with that, I'll entertain a motion to um, assign Mike Savage and Susan Mulligan as the ad hoc committee for Venture Water Pure. Do you need to read the whole thing? Ah, so you're going to move forward to establish an ad hoc committee and then select the two. Someone want to make a motion, a recommendation under A. I make a motion that we follow through with your statement to assign them okay. within the Water Commission to observe uh, Venture Water Pier. Mike second. Okay. I'll have a couple questions, please. Sure. Discussion? Yes. So it's an ad hoc committee of two, or will there be other participants, i.e., the general manager, the city attorney, any members of the public? What makes up the ad hoc committee? Well, currently it's uh, the two commissioners. I'm sure that they will have questions for staff, and staff will respond accordingly with meetings and attendance that will be there in order to be able to do that. I had not anticipated a third council or correction commissioner. Uh, there certainly is room for that with being without uh, violating Brown Act. Um, but I don't, know, I don't necessarily want to limit it to only certain city staff. If they, if they need to bring in public works or whoever they do in order to answer the questions, they should have the leeway to be able to do that. So the other comment I have, which is a question, because you did bring up the Brown Act. Um, this is outside of the Brown Act. It's not in the public purview. It's behind closed doors, and it's not videotaped or audiotaped. Is that correct? Uh, thank you for the question, Commissioner Amendola. Uh, the, uh, the Brown Act would not apply to this uh, subcommittee of the Water Commission. Um, that's uh, clear under the Brown Act as well as the uh, handbook on the council commissions and committees. Uh, so when the subcommittee meets, um, it doesn't need to be a, um, a noticed um, meeting that's open to the public. Um, it can be by more informal means, similar to how the chair will meet each month with the general manager and the vice chair to go over um, the agenda for the upcoming meetings. Um, I think that's kind of envisioned for what these subcommittee meetings would be like. And it would allow for kind of more rapid um, work to be conducted than, you know, once a month um, meetings of the Water Commission. And so I recall the last meeting we had on this subject matter. Commissioner Amberster objected to it because she felt that this entire body was, in essence, the ad hoc committee. And so we're putting the power of this committee or this commission into the power of two people to review. Not that I'm not respectful of the qualifications of the two people, but it kind of leaves a big question mark in my mind from the things that we discussed during the last time this came to us. So those are my comments, and I will not be supporting this. Okay. Any other commissioners want to speak? I, I guess um, I thought a lot about this before I threw my name in the hat, because you never know what you're going to get into. I think we're going to be as specific as we can. 
I think has some specific thoughts about what needs to be looked at. And I have some, we'll have some basic requests of information that we think we need to do our homework on. And based on what we see, develop questions and ask staff. And they may need one or two people depending on who did what. I don't know if they may need to drag in some of the consultants, I don't know. But we wanna be able to see how are the cost estimates done? What's the basis of them? How have they changed over time? I mean, well, the cost estimates were done based on a 2019 approval. The project did get delayed before being started, correct? What happened? How did that happen? Do we understand why it got where it was? So that you and others and public can feel comfortable that here's what happened, here's how we got here. Either there are shenanigans or there aren't, mm -hmm. and we'll find them if there are. But given the people that are here, I've done enough of these to know the game, I guess, kind of why I decided I'd like to do this and help out. And that's where I'm coming from as a civil engineer for 50 years doing this. Um, I know people can make errors. I know things like that can happen. Were there such things? Or is it just what happened? Yep. And I think we need to feel comfortable. Okay, we have a motion and a second on the floor. We've had discussion, call for the vote. Um, before you call for vote, can you just check if there's any public comment on this item? We have one individual. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Brian Brennan. I didn't fill out a card. I, I thought that uh, um, this would be a very perfunctory uh, item, and I bring that up. and. Uh, George, I can understand your concern, but I, I feel really good about having two professional people that have done a lot of the numbers and, and have done a lot of this as a taxpayer and water payer myself, and obviously a member of the CETUS board. Having people here that are looking at that closely is really, in, in my mind, a, a benefit. And it's, um, it's not any policy getting ahead of itself. I think that um, it's an opportunity to spend, as the gentleman just said, to uh, bring the consultants in, ask those questions, really dive down into the, uh, into the minutia of some of these things. Because at the Water Commission, you have other things on your agenda, and you can't generally get to it, get to it as well as much as you can. So I know in my past uh, uh, sub, uh, ad hoc committees uh, serve a purpose. They don't go on for perpetuity, but they are there to, uh, to, to have do a little bit more research and get more, more answers, and certainly that's what I'm looking forward to. Thank you, and I'll fill out a card a little later. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Anybody else for public comment? Bert? I didn't fill out a, comment, a card on this one. I agree with the, <clears throat> pardon me, I agree with the idea of the subcommittee. However, I want to see the information that you guys develop as a citizen and be able to review the same information that you have to see if I come up with the same result that you do. And I believe that in full transparency that should be part of the operation of this full system. Because if you just come in and make a report and say, yes, we reviewed this, yes, this is what we see, yes, we agree, that doesn't answer any questions that I would have. And I would like to have an open book to whatever is seen to be able to review it. Thank you. Can I make a friendly amendment? Stand by. Okay. I'll give it to you. Miles, what are the rules on that? 
Uh, thank you for the question. So we have a, a motion on the floor. Uh, so uh, Commissioner Amendola can request uh, a friendly amendment of the motion maker. And if the motion maker agrees, then we would check with the person who seconded the motion. If they also agree, then that would now be the motion on the floor. George, what is your amendment? Thank you. So uh, following what Mr. Handy had suggested and also what former Councilman Brennan <laughs> suggested, um, I would like to make the friendly amendment that we follow Mr. Bert Handy's recommendation to have um, clear and transparent reporting and documentation for the ad hoc committee. And if we can have that amendment, I would support this. Okay. Um, we have an, uh, an amendment to the motion on the floor. Does the amendment have a second? I'll second that. Okay. So let's have some discussion. Miles, I need your help. What are the rules about the public participating in an ad hoc committee and having participating as a third member? I, or is, is that what was proposed? I no. thought it was just I, providing the documents. Yeah, yeah that, um, Chair Rania, that's, that's what I heard, not that the meetings necessarily be public, but that the information um, uh, reviewed by the committee and their um, conclusions be shared publicly. So there's that additional level of transparency regarding um, what they reviewed and what their um, uh, outcomes are. Okay, but there's no obligation for them to be at the same meeting and as an active participant in the same meeting? Or is it only that staff will then turn over the documentation, however, at a 35 seconds after that ad hoc committee comes to a close? Uh, yes, the, the meeting would not need to be public and I don't think it would need to be shared within a certain time. I think yeah. what uh, Mr. Handy was requesting is that at some point the public be able to review the information so that they can review it and make their same or their own conclusions um, about the information that was provided and evaluate it. Um, so that was my understanding and what the friendly um, amendment by Commissioner Amendola was, if, if that's correct. And um, it sounds like the motion maker and the person who seconded the motion are okay with that friendly amendment so that is the motion on the floor. I should think we're only reviewing things that are public information anyway. So I don't think there's any harm in such disclosures. Okay. Right. We, any draft which is not public information, those are not released to the public. They have to be only be final documents. Yeah, we'll review. I mean, you have, you have to be careful. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That on? We, we assume that we'll probably only be reviewing public information anyway. So there should be no harm in it. Is that yeah, the, the concern would be any documents that were draft, which are not public, not final, we wouldn't have, we would not want to look at any of those, mm -hmm. given what you've asked. Mm -hmm. We'll do what we can do with the public information. Okay, so no working documents are going to be? If they're draft documents, it's not something that normally would be, those are working documents that are not finalized by the city. If we looked at them, we'd have to share them, and so we won't be able to look at any of that. But that's the it's choice. fine. My goal here is to make sure everyone understands what's going on and exactly what's going to be provided and not provided and under what conditions. My understanding is we, it, 
made available to the commission would be any documents that we review as well as our conclusions and that we would be reviewing public documents anyway. Okay. We have a motion, we have a second, we have an amendment that's been made and a second on it. Anyone else want to comment before we call for the vote? Excellent, I call for the vote. So we're voting on the friendly amendment first? I'm putting together. That is now the only motion on the floor, so you'll be voting on the, the friendly amendment. Thank you. Commissioner Amendola? Yes. Commissioner Armbister is absent. Absent. Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner Savage? Yes. Vice Chair Ackerman? Yes. Chair Aranio? Yes. Okay, so we have a... Five ayes. The motion passes with five ayes and one absent. Let's move on to agenda item number two. Right, good evening, uh, Water Commission. Um, uh, I'm Jennifer Trebo, the Assistant General Manager of Water Resources for Ventura Water. Um, I'm giving the presentation tonight, but with me here is the um, engineering team and additional Ventura Water staff. Um, so um, they'll be answering questions uh, following the presentation. Um, Greg Knudsen, uh, Ron Herbst, uh, Will Tracks. And then we also have um, Paul Fields from our finance office um, and Sharon Gallant, who's also with engineering. Okay, so um, tonight's workshop and presentation kind of builds on our last meeting uh, that we had a couple of weeks ago, um, but it's intended to go into greater detail on the CIP uh, process as well as the projects. So these are the topics I'm gonna cover this evening. I'm going to review the organizational structure and responsibilities for CIP execution, uh, the CIP development process for water and wastewater projects, um, the impact of Ventura Water Pure and the uh, membrane bioreactor costs on the CIP work plan, uh, the relationship between the CIP work plan and our budgets and uh, rate setting process. I'm going to highlight some changes to the CIP since last year. Um, there was a lot of detail on that in the staff report. We're going to cover a few things there. Um, and then uh, review the non-Ventura Water Pier projects with proposed schedule changes or significant cost increases, and then we'll have um, discussion and questions. Okay, so I want to start with um, this slide. There was a question at the last meeting about who's responsible for executing which projects. Um, so I want to separate um, Ventura Water Pier projects are going through our Ventura Water Pier staff uh, team. Those are um, the, cost, the cost estimates, the contracting, the, all that uh, stuff goes through uh, that staff and that office. For non-venture water pier projects, uh, those are still going through Public Works Engineering as they always have. 
um, and that covers design and construction, contracts, grants. Um, they handle um, the projects for other city departments as well. Um, and so there's a total of 26 CIP projects in the work plan uh, that's proposed this year. Um, 10 wastewater projects, 16 water projects. Um, of those, the um, six of those projects are uh, related to Ventura Water Pure or the membrane bioreactor. Um, that leaves 20 non-Ventura Water Pure projects. And so um, we're not going to ignore the Ventura Water Pure projects tonight because as I go through the presentation, you're going to see how they're related and impacting uh, the work plan. But we're really going to focus in on uh, questions on the uh, non-Ventura Water Pure projects um, uh, tonight since we've had multiple discussions on Ventura Water Pure and we just initiated the ad hoc committee. So um, that's sort of the focus for today. Um, so just uh, review that organizational chart. Um, so, uh, um, so we created the Ventura Water uh, Design Team in 2020 um, as a result, as partially as a result of Water Commission concerns about timely execution of the CIP. Um, so we uh, used Ventura Water Pure budget to hire additional. Uh, public works staff to focus on executing our projects. Um, and so that team is here. Ron Herbst uh, coordinates with that team. Um, we currently have two vacancies there. Um, so we're down to just uh, two associate engineers um, and Ron and then Greg's been filling in um, uh, as his uh, second or third job, depending on the day. Um, And then uh, for um, Ventura Water Pure, uh, this is the Ventura Water organizational chart. It's a little bit hard to read, but we have general manager, two assistant general managers, and then the Ventura Water Pure uh, program director. Um, Ventura Water Pure positions were approved in October of 2020 uh, by council. They originally reported to the city manager's office. Um, and then the program director was hired in March of 2021, Ms. Uh, Linda Szymanski, you guys know well. Um, and then in January of 2020, effective January 2023, um, Ventura Water Pier program was moved back under uh, Ventura Water General Manager. So that's where we are now. Okay. Um, this is just a slide from last time showing this was a sort of citywide uh, CIP development process slide. Um, and then it's gonna lead us into and talk a little bit more about uh, the Ventura water process and specifically this year, um, how we sort of sit down and discuss the CIP. Um, so we started back in August and it sort of starts with um, water and wastewater operations staff, meeting with engineering staff and going over project priorities, new information from last year, things that have happened, uh, plans that have been completed um, you know, focusing on new things. Um, and then uh, that leads into Ventura Water engineering team meetings uh, with Ventura Water staff to discuss project status, updated project needs, and priorities. Um, and then in November, we met with, we added finance to the mix and started reviewing um, the budget projections through FY 2026. Um, and then in December, we revised the work plan based on the available funding through 2026. 
Um, so again, this was a slide that we presented last meeting showing the overall sort of how the projects walk through the implementation process. Um, but we really, we started at pre-design and these projects really start uh, before pre-design. Um, and so they really start um, with a needs assessment. Um, and so a needs assessment could be a master plan or condition assessment um, of a facility or a pipeline. Um, and that has a process where that study is completed. The needs are identified through that study and then the certain projects are selected to be added to the CIP and then that's the project initiation. Um, and the costs are refined as the project moves through this development implementation process. Uh, and then we also have, we have to respond to emergencies as well that kind of come in uh, separately. Um, so this, um, this table is from, um, I should have put a, I realized later I should have put a source on here, but uh, it was referred, this source was referred to in the staff report, although not, the table wasn't included. Uh, this is a table from the Association for the Advancement of Cost Engineering. Um, and it's, uh, it's showing the different classes of costs uh, in relation to uh, the project definition and the accuracy of the cost estimates. So when a project is first added to the CIP, uh, the project definition is not complete. Uh, so estimates are uh, generally in the concept phase here, class uh, five or four, depending on the project. Um, and so you can see that that makes the project is ill-defined. So the accuracy of the cost of Smiths are uh, not great. Um, and so, like I said, the cost estimates are getting refined through the design process. Um, and then, you know, by the time we get to uh, the construction bids, then we're down to, uh, you know, class one costs once we've completed the design process. Um, so I'm just gonna walk through now, uh, sort of how we uh, implement these projects. Um, so, like I said, it starts at sort of identifying a need, and this is gonna pick up at that project initiation phase. So, um, we have a CIP work plan initial estimate, rough estimate of cost, um, and then when we initiate the project, we have the scope and costs are refined uh, by staff in-house through discussions of uh, trying to, uh, you know, work with the particular section that has the project and getting some more information from them uh, on what's there. Um, and then looking, and then getting ready to send a proposal out for design. So putting together a um, request for proposals for design, and then reviewing those proposals internally. We have a, a committee of usually five staff, rank and score those proposals. Um, select a consultant, uh, negotiate the scope and the fee, execute the professional services agreement, um, which is, uh, taking the city council for review and approval, and then that consultant begins the project design. So they usually um, have deliverables at 30, 60, and 90%, um, and the costs are refined at each of those deliverables. Um, and then once that is complete, and the 100% uh, cost estimate is developed, then um, the bid package is prepared, and then the project goes out to bid for construction. And uh, our, our bidding for process for construction is, I mean, the bids are reviewed for completion, um, and, uh, and then the lowest bidder is, is selected.
and uh, we can go in more detail about that in the discussion. Okay, so as I mentioned, um, we met in um, December and sort of trimmed the CIP work plan based on um, the, uh, the funding through FY26. Uh, so I think, uh, I think a question some people have is, is a concern is, is the CIP driving the water rates or is the budget driving the CIP? Um, and the answer is yes. Um, and so uh, when the rate study was uh, initiated, it was defined by the approved CIP at the time, which was the FY 2021 through uh, 2025. Um, and uh, so now that those rates are set, so that the annual revenue collected by those rates constrains the budget and the projects that can be funded in the CIP. Um, when the next rate study is initiated in two years, if that's when it is, uh, then the approved CIP at the time will drive those rates and we have more discussions about revising the CIP you know, based on the impacts to the rates. Um, so you can see for in your packet, you had the proposed CIP timeline uh, is 25, uh, FY25 through FY29. Um, most projects have spending past FY30. FY 2030. Um, so, as I said, the I think there was I'm not sure if it was in this uh, this packet, but the last attachment A in your packet for the prior meeting had uh, red. Oh, I'll show a slide later too that shows red, and so it's showing that um, those projects that extend past 2026 are only really funded and through 2026. Um, so. The proposed CIP work plan projects were reviewed based on available funding through 2026, considering project priority, stage of project, grant funding, and um, any uh, requirements, uh, timelines to keep to maintain that grant funding, um, and partnerships and commitments with other agencies on uh, cooperative projects. So this is a sort of illustration of the process that staff went through uh, this time around. Um, and it was, you know, keeping the Ventura Water Pier projects on the table. That's the exercise that we went through this year. Um, and uh, so we have the total available funding uh, for the fiscal year, uh, really through 2026, keeping the Ventura Water projects with their current um, updated cost estimates, and then reviewing project priorities, keeping those high priority projects that are in process that we have commitments to, um, and then ones that um, have lower priorities or can be paused, um, have fallen off to the unplanned list. Okay. All right, so just a reminder here of uh, the priority rankings, our priority um, uh, ratings that we use, uh, that we assign to the projects, and those priorities were included in the packet, uh, as well as the process, um, the stage that the project is in, uh, that's in the work plan. Um, and I'll say, again, this doesn't include emergency projects that sort of come in at, you know, above critical um, and uh, sometimes uh, push things down the line even further. Okay. So just walking through, this isn't great to read, you have most of this information in your packet. Um, this is looking at the wastewater projects. Um, so there's 10 projects total. Uh, five projects, half those projects are associated with Ventura Water Pier and the Mimbo and Briar Reactor Project. 
Um, so the projects here in black are funded through the end of the fiscal year, the current rate study revenue. Um, and then there are two projects that extend past that timeline and those, and those uh, funds are, okay, are uh, shown in red. And that's, both of those projects need funding uh, past this rate study. Um, and those are both Venture Water Pure and MBR um, projects. Um, so I just wanted to show, I think we, in the staff report we showed what the uh, total, uh, some of the project costs were for last CIP versus this CIP. But because projects extend past the current rate study and funding, I just wanted to show, it's a little hard to see on here unfortunately. Um, you know, we have this, this total number is uh, 540 million here. And if you're just looking at the projects funded through FY26, you're looking at 335, 392,000, uh, 335 million. Uh, so just wanted to, that was in your staff, in the, in the staff reports and you can do the math, but I just wanted to kind of show here, pull that out. Um, so same uh, exercise with water. Um, we have 16 projects and only one Ventura Water Pure project. Um, and you can see, uh, let's see, um, this, the projects in red are gonna require subsequent funding. And in here we have more projects and non-Ventura non Water Pure projects that are gonna need funding um, in the out years. Um, six projects are gonna require funding uh, in the out years. Um, and then this project here, I think I'll talk a little bit about this later as well, but this uh, pump station project, boundary adjustment, um, it's currently in design, so we didn't move it out of the work plan, but once design is complete, um, it's, you can see it's not, uh, construction is not funded in uh, this budget cycle, um, and so we're gonna be moving that out of the work plan after the design is complete. Okay. So, just another little summary. Um, that's the projects that were in the work plan. So, what happened to projects that left the work plan um, due to funding constraints? So, for wastewater, two projects were moved to unplanned due to funding um, availability. Um, and then all the other projects, the other three project, non ventilator projects, will be completed uh, before FY26. Um, and then uh, for water, we had to move things around a little bit more. We moved three projects to unplanned, and then funding was shifted for seven projects. Uh, so I'll go over those uh, schedule changes in a minute, but we had to shift uh, implementation around a little bit for seven projects. All right, so here's uh, going over um, the changes to the cost or the schedule. Not, they didn't all have both, um, but so I uh, tried to include where we had. Um, so uh, these are the, um, the seven projects. Um, so we have uh, for the golf course, uh, booster pump station and wells upgrade. We're delaying that project uh, by one year. It was supposed to be completed in 27, 28. Now it's gonna be completed in 28, 29. Um, and then for the avenue plant, we just replaced uh, modules this year. And so we pushed out that spending uh, to 2930, uh, knowing that we just, we just did that project this year uh, for some of them. Um, 
So uh, state water interconnection project, um, the cost increase, uh, there wasn't a huge cost increase from um, the rate study to now, but there was a cost increase from the last CIP. I think in the staff report I explained that um, you know, it was a little bit difficult to compare costs with uh, last year's work plan and this year's work plan because we did the uh, rate check-in um, after we did the CIP last year, and it was decided that um, because it wasn't a full cycle CIP update, we did not um, have time to update the project costs in that CIP, but we did update them for the rate study to make sure that the rates study um, rate check-in uh, accounted for those cost increases. So I kind of looked at what was really the cost increase since the rate study, since that was really the last uh, cost numbers we had discussed with the Water Commission. Um, so for State Water and Connect, the cost did not increase substantially. Uh, we did combine uh, two projects together because they'll be implemented together. So one of the projects that left the work plan, uh, this blending station is, is still there. It's just lumped in with State Water Interconnection Project. And then we did have to shift uh, project completion one year uh, to FY 27-28. Um, that's one project where um, it's a costly project, so it might be nice to push it off, but we have commitments with other agencies, um, and we have um, a decent amount of grant funding um, that has time commitments, time constraints. So, uh, and, and we would like to uh, complete that project that's progressing through design, and um, so that was decided that that would uh, stay, but needed to be delayed for funding. Um, so for Calorama uh, pump station replacement, uh, costs have increased a little bit more since the rate check-in, um, most likely uh, due to uh, uh, design updated costs from a similar project. Um, and so I'll talk about that similar project in a second. Um, and then we did again delay project completion. Oh, see, delay project completion from 2526 to 2728. Um, and then for the, uh, I talked about this one a minute ago. The pump station 210-260 boundary adjustment costs have increased on that as a, it's almost complete uh, through design. Um, and then um, project will be placed on hold once design is complete until we can identify funding sources. Um, uh, Loma Vista booster pump station, um, uh, that um, has been renamed in the last um, work plan. It was called the Day Road booster pump station to Bailey. Um, this is a more precise definition of the project, so the name was changed. Um, and that project is a 90% design, so this cost estimate, uh, although it's 80% increase since the rate check, and it should be stable now, more stable, um, since it reflects 90% design. And we delayed completion from FY24-25 to FY25-26. And then finally, our foothill tanks uh, doesn't have an appreciable cost increase since the rate study. Um, and it has been delayed from completion in uh, this past fiscal year to this coming fiscal year. Um, and again, we're gonna, you know, it's a workshop, so we'll sit down in a minute and kind of go over these. I'm kind of just cruising through here. Um, so this table was in your staff report. So these are the, um, the projects that were moved um, from the work plan to unplanned. You have two wastewater projects and three water projects. Um, uh, so we have 
the wastewater projects were moved um, due to funding availability. Uh, Sadequoi Well 4, we discussed this um, at the last meeting. Um, and we did look back at this one, and we have updated the priority ranking, if you see in your uh, attachment A, uh, from a, I think from a one to a two, um, based on um, with uh, the rainfall from last year, uh, we do have uh, greater surface water supplies available at this time, uh, placing less pressure on our groundwater system. So we're looking at some, alter some potentially lower cost alternatives to this well. So I decided to put this project on hold uh, while we explore those alternatives. Um, and then for Bailey plant modifications, it's just uh, delayed. Um, uh, move to unplanned as project is deemed unnecessary and too expensive. Uh, and then the water line replacement for funding availability. Hey, and then we have some new Unplanned projects, uh, these were newly identified needs from recently completed needs assessments or, you know, um, uh, just uh, um, aging infrastructure that has shown up, um, but there's no funding available to fix these and based on their priority ratings, they were um, placed um, on the unplanned list. And just a reminder that, you know, we do this CIP review process annually and we also do the right check-in process annually, so you know uh, it's not a permanent. Move. You know we're we're constantly uh, assessing um, the needs and the priorities of these projects, so you know things can move around in the following year based on conditions. Okay, um, so projects that were moved from the CIP. Um, this was your attachment C um, in the staff report. Um, the three projects were combined with other projects, so they're still in the CIP, they just don't show up as a separate project. Um, seven projects were removed because they're no longer necessary due to the implementation of the MMA and Briar Reactor project. Um, and then uh, three additional projects were recommended for removal since the last meeting. So um, after our presentation from the last meeting, there was a couple questions about uh, at least uh, one or two of these projects. and. Um, Staff looked at them again and um, upon further review decided that they should probably just be removed from the CIP for now. Again, it can be revisited at a later date. Um, but the desalination project uh, in the, that was previously in the work in the unplanned, um, it, uh, I don't think that's the right text, but, oh, this is not the right text. Um, it was the right text, the correct text was in the staff report. Um, but anyway, it's not the same. It's not the same project that was in the EIR. Um, it's a project that was uh, uh, put in the work plan prior to that. Um, the cost estimate has not been updated. Um, and as we as we currently are pursuing Venture Water Pure, we decided to remove this from the list because um, if the desalination is considered in the future, we'll need new cost estimates, and it will be a different project. Um, so we took that out to reduce confusion. Um, and then there was a foothill well in there, and this is um, no longer necessary because I will based on, uh, oh, this is also not the right text, sorry. This text was right in the staff report as well. Um, but anyway, this project is no longer necessary, um, and it's too expensive. Um, and then for the Foster Park well-filled uh, restoration, um, 
again, this is um, this was a project that was uh, first I think put on the CIP uh, prior to 2012. Um, due to current regulatory and legal restraints, um, this project is really no longer feasible as uh, sort of envisioned um, in the work plan. Uh, repairs to the subsurface diversion and conveyance pipeline are now included um, as separate CIP projects. Um, and if we pursue um, future development of wells um, in the Foster Park area, we'll need a new study. Um, things have changed too much since uh, this uh, study was uh, developed. Okay, so next steps. We're here today. Uh, we're gonna sit down at the table and have a discussion, answer questions, uh, receive your feedback on the CIP program. Um, and then um, at our next meeting, it's focused on O&M budget workshop, but if there are additional follow-up questions prior to council adopting the CIP, we can address those then. Um, so um, I think the last meeting we had at the end of January, city council was gonna review the CIP the following day. Uh, that meeting ran long and the item got pushed to um, tomorrow. So um, uh, city council will be reviewing the CIP transmittal. Um, that's just a big picture look at the whole citywide uh, CIP. Um, and then similar to your presentation you received um, last month. And then um, at the end of February, they'll be doing their CIP study session where they receive public comment and answer questions and have more of a discussion like we're doing here today. Um, and then at the end of March, there'll be the public hearing and adoption by city council as CIP must be adopted by April 1st. So, recommendation. Remember, reminder of the recommendation, and then we can start talking our uh, discussion and questions. Uh, to conduct a workshop to review and provide feedback on proposed changes to the wastewater and water projects in the proposed fiscal year 25-29 capital improvement program. And that concludes my presentation. Okay. Thank you, Jennifer. Okay, as this is a workshop here, um, we're going to dive into these projects. I'm sure each one of the commissioners have questions about it. My, I, I'm going to hold off to last. I'm going to start off at the end of the table as I typically do. Mike, do you want to go first? Actually, I'd rather not. But okay, well then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll start off because there was something in your um, presentation that caught my ear that was a, a unique idea or Thing that needs to be understood and it had to do with your slide number 16. Oops, too far. Okay. Okay. 
Now, in that, you started, and I'm sorry I didn't catch the words on how you said it exactly, but it had to do with the fact of um, how does CIP impact the rates, and how is tonight's workshop impacting rates either now or when would they start impacting rates and we need to consider them going forward? Um, explain that nexus between that so we understand what we're looking at tonight and how long do we have before it's going to hit rates. Great. So um, the current uh, rate study uh, sets, essentially sets our budget uh, through FY26, uh, so for two more years. Um, and so right now, um, that's constraining the CIP. Um, the CIP work plan was edited to fit that FY26 um, funding availability, so essentially to zero out in 26, but still have money through that year to finish uh, that spending. Um, but as you can see from both of these uh, slides, but more of this one, is that you know we can sh we took projects out, including this one here, in order to um, have enough money uh, to match this spending with our current revenues. But we those projects will continue to be implemented, so there's additional spending to be spent. So then that will go into um, the next rate study um, to make sure that enough revenue is collected to continue these projects at a minimum. Um, and then, but we'll have at least two more CIP processes to go through before we start the rate study, assuming that we start the rate study in two years. Um, so that was the main point. Does that and, answer your question? And Chair Aranio, if I could just um, add one, one part to that um, answer. When, as part of the annual rate check-in, uh, when the Water Commission reviewed the current uh, rate, um, rate process we're in, the Water Commission recommended uh, the 7% annual increases for water and the 6% annual increases for wastewater over the five-year period, um, but contingent on staff returning to the Water Commission each spring and doing what we call now the annual rate check-in and confirming that those annual increases are in fact necessary in the upcoming year, um, and that's been done each year. Um, the practical matter though, as Ms. Trebo was explaining, is that given um, where costs have been on all the projects, um, it's been pretty clear each year thus far um, that the rate check-in has been necessary um, for the upcoming fiscal year. So I just want to add that context that um, uh, as Ms. Trebo said in her presentation, it does inform um, both directions. Understood, okay. Um, please clarify for me if I'm misunderstanding this. As I see on that page right there, and you're on the water side, I'm sorry, let me get down one more page of my- You got a wastewater? Okay, so as I see right there, your bottom number that you currently have funding for is 131 million. Subsequent to, for the out years that we're talking about tonight, 26 through 31, you'd be asking for approximately another 75 million. That's the difference between the 131 that's funded and yeah. the 207 that's that, up there. That would be the minimum amount that we would need to fund in the next 
rate study process to complete these projects, assuming we didn't add any more projects to the list in that time frame. Okay. And uh, for the same thing on the prior slide, you currently have funding for enough to complete 335 million round numbers. And so in these next out years that we're looking at, 27, I'm sorry, I guess it's 27 through 31, uh, you'd be looking for approximately another 210 million in wastewater funding. Yes. Okay. That's pretty easy for me to understand compared to the Excel spreadsheets that are in the back and the really, really tiny font on my screen <laughs> here. So. Yeah, it was a challenge to uh, <laughs> present all the information requested uh, uh, in a succinct manner. So, you did a good job. Uh, we, you know, that's, that's, I think, why you know, we have staff reports and the presentations facilitates different uh, transmittal of information, so. Okay, at that point, I'll kick it off. Who wants to uh, go in the first? Susan? I wanted to address sort of our purpose here and make sure I understand it. So our mission, not on the webpage about the commission, is review and make advisory recommendations regarding, among other things, water resources in the five-year CIP. Um, Last time, the, uh, the recommendation for us to do was recommend to the City Council to approve changes to the CIP. And this time, it is provide feedback on the changes. So I wanted to just be clear on what we're supposed to be doing and also how the unplanned projects fit into that. They are listed in the CIP that goes to the council last time, I think they were listed as, what, pending. Um, but there are no justifications for those, and you're seeking input on them. So kind of before delving in further, what do you see as our job, um, and, and what, what is expected of this commission as to the capital projects? Are we no longer making a recommendation to the council? Because something changed. So you could vote to make a recommendation if you're good with all the information, but when we first initially brought to you the CIP as part of the CIP program launched through the city, um, each commission and department gets to review um, the CIP, you, there were lots of questions and a lot of uncertainty. So we have done a deep dive now and the CIP process goes through city council. Tomorrow they'll be hearing it, you know, the preliminary look at it, and it'll be coming back to them in another workshop and then for a final vote in March. So this gives you the time to, to get those questions answered that you had to really understand the process. And you can make recommendations, um, concerns about what we have in there, concerns about what we pulled out. Um, and we have some time between now and the adoption of the CIP to make those changes in the CIP if you feel so, or if you recommend you're happy with or if you're satisfied what was what, what's there, we can make a recommendation for council to approve what's going to be presented to them. And we could do that tonight if Brown Act doesn't preclude that. One reason I ask is the next time you're coming back looks like it's the day before you go to council. Mm -hmm. So it couldn't be in the staff report. 
So before I ask questions and sort of get, get my head around it, I just want to understand what we're supposed to be doing on land. Um, yes, yeah, so as, as Ms. Dorrington said, um, the city council actually adopts the capital improvement program and the only commission that's actually legally required um, to make a recommendation on it is the planning commission. Okay. They need to actually find that it's consistent with the general plan. Um, but as is practice, uh, there are other commissions and it's, as you read, it's written into the water commission's purpose to um, review the capital improvement program. Um, they also bring it to the Parks and Recreation Commission and I believe one or two others. And so really uh, the main purpose of this workshop is for you to uh, provide feedback to staff um, in your review of the capital improvement program. If you would like any changes made to the program um, and then uh, staff can then relay those to city council when they present it later this month. And uh, I think if, if you wanted to recommend approval of the plan, um, I think that's within um, the scope generally of what this workshop is and it was queued up at the last meeting as well. So I do think that would be appropriate. Okay. Um, and as Ms. Trebo kind of teed up, she focused on the changes that were made to the plan, mm -hmm. and we thought that likely makes the most sense for the um, commission to uh, to weigh in on because that it does uh, involve a level of policy input. On mm -hmm. they decided to delay certain projects given mm -hmm. the funding limitations, and do you agree with those decisions, or do you think, um, based on your policy recommendation, that some other uh, project within the plan should move forward? Um, sooner instead. Okay. And then um, finally on the unplanned projects uh, do not go in immediately into the rate model. Um, so those don't have an immediate impact on uh, rates in the in the short-term period of the next few years. The ones that are actually w within the next few years that's what will then be um, plugged into the rate model, any updates to that, and used during the rate check-in process over the next few months. Okay. Um, and, and I have some miscellaneous questions. I'm, I'm just so the unplanned projects were presented to us, and they're in here, and they go to the council. But there's no justifications in here, so there's no way that you know, without a whole lot more, we can weigh in on them one way or another. But there's sort of implicit approval if it all goes to the council. Um, so I, I, we can go through one by one, and maybe that's what we need to do, because that justification was just left off of those. Um, or we can explicitly say that's not part of what we're doing tonight. And I don't know if there's preference. I'm sorry I'm so uncertain. I'm just trying to get clear on Thank you. What, what we need to do. Just, I think, so I think, just to clarify, council is only approving the work plan. The okay. The unplanned projects are included for reference. They're included in the CIP. Are they in the CIP book or just in the database? They're included in the CIP. They have been included in the CIP yeah, they, book. They were. I, I looked it up. Yeah. They were last time, and I believe they will be again. They're, they're not detailed, and <laughs> uh, we don't provide much information to council because we are not seeking approval to move those, advance those projects. 
But you are getting approval of the whole CIP, which includes those in that list. The list is in there. Okay. Council is not <coughs> approving those projects. The, the resolutions at Council only approve the work plan projects and the potential grant-funded projects, of which there are none <coughs> for Ventura Water. Okay. I'm not going to take the time on those then. Um, but one of my comments will definitely be, we didn't look at these. I, I don't have any input on whether they're good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah, um, and those, those are really, like I said before, the, just the identified needs where there's no funding. Um, they're really in here for reference, I think, for staff to, if we have staff turnover as we uh, right. you know, go through. So we know these were things that were identified this year but not funded, and so if there happens to be funding available in the future, that we did anticipate a project falls through, something comes up, then we can go to the unplanned list, and then we would bring that forward again about, okay, well, do, are there any of these projects that can move up, instead of having to restart the conversation of well, what are the needs outside the work plan. So it's really sort of a backup list, okay. so for our staff to go to, um, for reference, uh, like I said, if there's staff turnover, or just to have this uh, kind of documentation that there was an identified need this cycle. Okay. I won't waste our time going through all the justifications then. I do have a question on one of them. One of them was an, um, an administration building, and although it's on the unplanned list, it says it would be built as part of Water Pure. Mm. So I was confused by that. Maybe you can explain that. Can you tell me what number that is? <laughs> I, I can't explain that, though. Okay. Um, so the... Um, Administration building currently is at the city San Juan yard, um, and that was um, that went through a facilities assessment and had a very poor rating. And so the Ventura Water um, staff, along with um, public works staff and park staff that um, are in that building, have sort of to start planning ahead that there's going to be a need for a new administrative building, whether it's a another joint yard facility or the opportunity to build an administration building in the construction period of the Ventura Water Pier Program. So the, we did include, um, partway through our design, pro, our preliminary design, we did start looking at the, putting an admin building on the lot of Ventura Water Pier. Had that started putting that as an incorporated cost, and then those, that is one of those costs that we might value engineer out because of the cost increases. So um, regardless, we do need to plan for a, an administrative building for our staff at some point or another. So as you get to that point of needing it and moving it to something that you're actually working on, then you could just come back and we could talk about Correct. funding that and you can explain it in more detail. Yes. Okay. Um, you might take out the reference to Water Pure on there then, because that's a little unclear, because that project's moving forward. Well, or are you planning <laughs> to build it in Water Pure and it ought to be on the planned list? Um, we will, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss with Linda how it, you know, how the economics is falling, but, but what I, we did want to say there's an opportunity to perhaps put that in there if it becomes that the yard is no longer habitable. That is something that we could do. We wanted to at least, you know, instead of going out and looking for a whole other piece of property, we do have one. It's just going to add to the cost of Ventura Water Pier. Is that in the current design scope for Water Pier? Um, I believe it's going to be removed. 
or, or that's one of the. I'm sorry, I'm the, having a hard time hearing you because of the mask, I believe. I, I don't, I don't want to expose you to my COVID exposure, so okay. I apologize for that. Um, we will, um, we're in the process of evaluating whether or not that's one of the costs we cut from the Ventura Water Pier project. So then this administration building just needs to have a placeholder in the future. Um, because As a space for it, but you wouldn't build it now. Right. I think given the cost we're dealing with now, that's certainly something to consider. And that, okay. So it's unplanned, but it isn't completely removed from all the plants. Is it completely it's just, it's just a little unclear. removed from Ventura Water Pier, or is it still part of Ventura Water Pier? It is not. I'm Linda Szymanski, Ventura Water Pier Program Director. This cost is not captured in the Ventura Water Pier Program. It is a separate cost. It can be designed as part of Ventura Water Pier if we decide to do so. Have you authorized that design scope? No, we have not. Okay. So money hasn't been spent on it, and it's not going to cancel now as a planned project for this current CIP? Correct. That's correct. So, Ms. Szymanski, would, be, would it be okay to rem, remove it as a reference in, the, in that project then? Yes, it, it is outside of the Ventura Water Pure program costs. So, yes. It seems illogical to have it as a reference because this is looking at the next five years of construction. It's not in as a planned project. It's something to consider. I had just a few questions about projects, and they're very minor. Um, under, and these are existing projects, it's just a quick clarification. On the AWPF, it talks about storage facilities needed for operation and wet weather flows processing. Are wet weather flows going to AWPF? Or aren't they just going to the outfall? So wet weather flows will, will um, be processed through the wastewater plant like they currently are. And um, yes, the flows can be um, treated by the AWPF. Um, what we're anticipating is that some of those wet weather flows will be above the um, operating um, flow um, rates for the plant and they would go to the outfall. Okay, so you're not sizing the plant for wet weather flows? We are not. Okay. We are Thanks. sizing storage for it. Okay. I apologize, there's just a lot to look through. <laughs> a little lot of paper. Oh, I just had one question about the ones that you didn't need. It looked like a whole lot of wastewater projects weren't needed per the 2022 master plan. Was that because of lower sewage flows? What was the reason for that? What changed with that master plan? 
need to ask that question when Ron left. Maybe Vince can answer that one. So many of the projects that were removed from wastewater were replaced by the membrane bioreactor and ultraviolet light project. These are pipelines, sewer Ms. lines. Ms. Szymanski, I think um, oh. Mr. Inez may be able to answer that. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Vince Inez, the wastewater utility manager. <clears throat> during the flow studies that we did during, as part of that master plan, we realized that some of the pipelines that were there weren't uh, as efficient as once thought, and then upgrade and improvements throughout the years to, uh, to the collection system itself had uh, changed, that, uh, changed the need for those, uh, those, those sewer line project upgrades. That's great, you've made those changes. That saves a lot of money, thank you. So, leaving out the unplanned projects, all the other projects that you've added and deferred and everything, I am comfortable with them. Thank you, those are my comments. Okay. Yeah, I just have a few comments, and I agreed with a lot of what you said there. I'll take this off so you can hear me. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you for the table that we request the information, it's easy to see what was there, why it's there, what the drivers were, and a little bit about it. So I really appreciate that. Um, you can see where the project go. I do have one question that in, uh, you talked a lot about the class of cost estimates in one of your previous slides. So when we look at the status column, if it's in planning versus design versus construction, basically the price, the cost that we see to the right for different apples, oranges, and grapefruit to some extent. So we need to realize that some of those things may change over time because they're not the same level of cost. That's exactly. That's why we included that column yes. so that you can sort of see which cost estimates are likely to change right. more um, and uh, based on what phase of the implementation process the project's in. And some of these, you know, for design, we didn't specify whether what level of design it's in, but if you have a question on it, we can ask can answer. Um, I, I, that, the other question I guess I have is we've had a lot of discussions about pure water Ventura and the cost escalation, but we haven't had a lot of discussion about that. You had a little bit. You haven't seen as much escalation in some of these other types of projects, uh, and it, there could be reasons for that that make sense, including there's a lot of competition for build, people building right now pure water projects around the state. So we did see that cost escalation, but we discussed it last year. So during last year's CIP process, um, it was discussed, um, a revised um, sheets were presented, but because it wasn't a full CIP update, those sheets weren't updated in the work plan, in the CIP plan, and those cost estimates weren't updated in the work plan. But when, a couple months later, when we got to the rate check-in, when we went through the model inputs to decide if we needed um, the rates and if we had enough money to do which projects, um, those those uh, updated cost estimates, escalated costs were included. Um, I don't have all those on hand, but I mean, if we had, um, oh, I do actually have it right here. Um, so east to mid, mid to west and east to mid, I mean, they went from, in the six and a half, seven million to 13, 14 million. Um, and, they're, and they escalated a little bit since last year to about 14 and a half. Um, 
and uh, state water project went from 32 to now 47. So I, I kind of, I didn't go through all of them, um, but there has been escalations and then I was trying to focus on the ones where they escalated further since um, the rate check-in last year. There's been less of those that have escalated since last year because we did, I mean, the costs are still increasing and again, as we refine the project, the costs get refined. So um, some of that's just uh, the natural process of definition of the project. That's, that's fine, thank you. I just had one other question and I it caught my eye looking at some of the drop projects or, or unplanned. Um, I always wonder about safety. So we've had a fire here. One of the projects I saw something about the tanks weren't, um, was either dropped from the list or was unplanned at this point. And, and I'm sure you have your rationale, but I always wonder when we start thinking about after the Thomas fire, I know there were a lot of improvements were made. Is there anything that you're uncomfortable with? I mean, you had to drop, and you don't have to answer that right now, but is there anything that would make you uncomfortable? We don't have the money, you sure like to do that. I'm worried about that tank in a fire or that pump station in a fire or anything of that nature. Those are the things that I, I, I don't expect you to answer right now, but those are the things that I look at and go, you really need that project. We just heard why things were dropped off the, the wastewater side, but uh, those are the things I think about. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have one example, which would be Calorama booster pump station. That, I would love to get out. It can be relocated. It has very uh, antiquated here, and that was kind of painful. Yeah, I, I know that NCR spent a lot of time going through all the tanks. When I looked at the back of the master plan, water master plan i didn't read everything in detail but i know they spend a lot of time that's always an important aspect of a master plan the condition assessment so the, the foothill tanks was a big project the project one a project and it's it's still in the work plan it'll still be completed i think we delayed it maybe one year but it'll still okay. be completed and uh, to to follow up on to follow up on that um so you know we are doing the technical planning of these major projects there's always an operational plan of the system behind that so knowing that we may be delaying a capital project here or there, operationally, we plan to cover that. So it's, it's a plan of how we'll move water in that situation, what we'll utilize existing. So there's always, um, there's always the, the guarantee that we're going to be able to provide service and accommodate for those in the interim of the capital improvement. Probably in your modeling efforts during the master plan, you looked at some of the alternatives we looked at modeling and then we also just know how the system works and where the demand will be. You've done it for a long time. Right. Okay. That's really all I have. Once again, thank you. It helped a lot to have this little bit of information just in one place. Appreciate it. Okay. Director Armandola. Thank you. And I want to thank uh, Commissioner Mulligan for bringing up those points. I thought they were great. And. Um, you know, relating to... Be sure to speak into your microphone Thank so you. we can hear you. So, speaking about the administration building, I've observed that it seems some of that work is trying to be completed under the Water Pure project, and I don't think that's the appropriate use of those funds even to design it. However, I have strong opinions about and I don't know if this is appropriate for this convening, but I have strong opinions about the public works facility and the water facility that it's not 
an acceptable environment for the employees of the city of Ventura. And I could see a separate project being created to build a better facility on the east side unrelated to water. And so I have some ideas about how that can be affected. Council has spoken about the possibility of developing San Home. I think that needs to be revisited and further I think that the city has an opportunity to bundle up with um, entitlements and max value the land where the public works facility is and repurpose that for development to help meet the arena numbers and use some of those proceeds and I say some because that land is very valuable for a developer with entitlements and build the new public works facility and a new administrative building for uh, the water department. And I don't think that should be at Harbor and Spinnaker. I think it should be out on the East End and completely in a separate project and a project in the general fund and not with water and wastewater and Ventura Water Pure. So with that in mind, I have some questions in my usual fashion, if I could find them. I had them. So, Ms. Dorrington, you may remember I sent an email and um, I asked about the February 12th workshop will cover, I'm sorry, you responded that the February 12th workshop will cover only non-Ventura Water Pure CIP projects. And you wrote the Ventura Water Pure projects will be listed in the CIP but will not be going into the projects specifically. The projects we will be discussing are those outside the Ventura Water Pure program and those which are managed by the Public Works Department. And then I had a question you wrote to answer your question about the document outlining the components of Ventura Water Pure. You can find that in the final draft of the EIR Appendix A and you provided me with the hyperlink and you cited page 403 of the PDF document. <clears throat> keep in mind these were preliminary construction costs from 2019 and included some processes that no longer will be part of the advanced purification facility either because they were not necessary for meeting requirements or have been moved to wastewater membrane bioreactor upgrade. Linda and her team are preparing information on what is needed and the cost with current estimates as we prepare to start the design of Ventura Water Pure. We'll be coming back to the Water Commission and the City Council with more details in the coming weeks and months. So here's my question. When I looked up that EIR from 2019, it was basically the Corolla report. And are all the elements in there that we're using for this CIP submittal with Ventura Water Pure? Because the <clears throat> papers I'm looking at, they're peppered with things for consent decree, things for Water Pure. And so I'm trying to get clarity. And I also sent another email asking for a matrix to show the matrix would help us identify overlaps, matches, and potential redundancies across different compliance frameworks, such as consent decree, NPDES, LA Water Quality Board, and other related requirements. 
And I never got a response to that, and I don't see that there's a matrix comparison in what we're seeing this evening. So if I'm asking these questions the way I've been asked at the last meeting to send them in a timely manner to staff and I don't get an adequate response, how am I supposed to deal with this? So that's um, one of my big questions. Any comments on that? Or would you just like to let that settle in? Um, so your your email in the about regarding the matrix, um, you did um, note that you know if it was too complicated to, to do, we did put in the drivers um, column to discuss what was driving those projects, um, whether it was regulatory, whether it was a consent decree, the master plan, um, and that was. Um, how we could answer that in the time allotted. So you're saying I said it was too complicated? You know, you, you left it as if, if it is too complicated to get to at this time. Um, I don't think I did that, but okay. I'm gonna move on and I'm gonna go to the staff report. And, and this was covered in the slide. Staff report, page two. And then that relates to the slide number 14. And my comments or my question is going to be a little convoluted because I look at this as being somewhat convoluted. So the staff report and I highlighted this. The paragraph says, depending upon the project definition, early CIP estimates for projects could be considered as class four or five following defined association for the advancement of cost engineering. Accuracy range for class four cost estimates typically falls between minus 30% to plus 50% of project costs, while class five estimate accuracy ranges between minus 50% to plus 100%. Okay, that makes sense to me, but what doesn't make sense to me is what's the correlation to slide 14 and slide 20, and what's the correlation to the rate study and the rates that have been put forth and represented to council? We haven't seen any of these projects come in at a negative. And is this a way of saying that what went from, and, and help me with the numbers, in March of 2023, the, the estimate for WaterPure was how much? 300 and something million, 340 million? And now we're up to 541 million? So does that mean we're gonna take the potential of a 100% increase? from 541 million? I would say no, because those projects are now advanced a little bit further in design. They're perhaps in the class three or class two range, as Linda would have to, Linda Samaski would have to answer where they were exactly. Okay, because I didn't see any reference to, and thank you for that answer, by the way, I appreciate that. Um, I didn't see any reference to class four and class five in any of the materials 
the, the big spreadsheet that we have here. It was not because we typically don't use that reference in our CIP document. Right. It just, we, the question came up last time is about costs and uh, we wanted to give an example of, of where costs would likely be when we started the CIP versus when we actually received bids for a project. So there is the risk that this could go up 50% by what's been disclosed to us conservatively because that's what's listed under class four. No, that's, so, so Ventura Water Pier project cost estimation is on a different track at this point than the non-Ventura Water Pier cost estimates. I mean, Linda and her team were focusing on that. Uh, the original cost estimate um, was likely, I mean, I'm letting Linda speak to this if she wants, but um, the original cost estimate, the 300, was more, I don't know, four, five, three? I, I wasn't involved in those cost estimates, but, um, you know, given the amount of work that's been done um, on that project definition to date, um, I think that's, that's, that's advanced beyond. The, the crossover between this table here um, and the matrix in attachment A, as Commissioner Savage identified, is that status column. So projects that are in the planning phase are gonna be closer to this four and five. Um, and this is just a generalization. It doesn't mean that, that it's gonna increase. Um, maybe, it, maybe it was a well-defined project. You know, it's just these are generalizations. Um, and so, but as you pr progress through design and construction, then those cost estimates are more firm and have um, uh, you know, greater certainty. That didn't clarify anything for me. May I go back to what I was saying earlier, if that would help? When you look at the column about the status. Status, okay. There in it this is. column, it talks about whether it's in planning or design or construction. <laughs> Basically, those relate to the classes of cost estimate that they have. And I was mentioning that we had apples and oranges and grapefruit because these cost estimates are not at the same level depending on the level of detail. So where they are now in construction, and if you read it, it says methodology in that column. Mm -hmm. That tells you the level of work that goes into any one of those cost estimates. How, how refined your estimate is right down to take off units from, from a set of plans versus you know, using standardized units for a cost per linear foot of pipe. It's, just, it's, a very, it's a very different approach depending on where you are. There's a classic example of those things that there's a graphic that was probably in that document that shows basically a funneling down of accuracy and that's what you what you get so what i think what they're trying to describe for you is that when we get to the things right now in pure water they're down into that narrow band because they're looking at individual pieces of the design and what's in there so the risk is and their contingencies you always put, there's a whole number of things that go into this. We have contingencies, legal, services, design, all those things go into that. Those numbers start to get narrower as the, as the estimate gets better. So that's kind of where they're going. I'm, hopefully I haven't put words in your mouth, but once again, it's, it, is, it is a challenge because sometimes you only have so much, you know, when you're trying to do the CIP from a master plan, they haven't done takeoffs on the design, but they have historical costs with that type of unit, and that's what they're saying. We, we found out we just had a pump station that went up, so we raised the cost of another pump station because things are changing. Yep. I hope that, that, 
That helps a lot. Thank you. I wish staff was able to explain it to me like you did. Thank you. <laughs> they don't pay me anymore to do that. <laughs> I do this for free now. <laughs> so, so here's where I'm, I'm wondering now because the rate and the rate study was brought up. And if we're looking at the CIP and looking at this narrowing of bringing the project to completion, does this classification have anything to do with the rates or the rate study? Because I know council is very concerned about rates. The classification itself is not, is not used in the actual development of the CIP costs that are put into the rate model. The rate model just uses our gross CIP estimate costs. Okay. So we, we do not program uncertainty into the rate study for the purposes of CIP. Okay, thank you. And what happens if there's a big miss and all of a sudden we see a project is 50% out of bounds? How does that affect our rates? Well, so that's why we do, as I said, right now the rates are set. So if a project cost increases beyond the rates available, we have to cut projects. Um, and so that's why we do the annual rate check-in um, because um, there was some concern when we did the, this rate study um, back three years ago mm -hmm. that we were not going to be able to execute the CIP <coughs> projects and so did the proposed uh, increases were going to be unnecessary and so commission asked for, water commission asked for us to come back annually, give an update on what projects had been executed, were in different phases um, and what those costs were. Um, and what's happened based because of the um, economic state that we're in, um, it's, it's been different than what we, what we thought uh, back in uh, 2020, 2021. Um, what's happened is instead of, um, I think the concern was not being able to execute projects and not needing to raise rates was that we're executing projects, project costs are increasing, we need to raise, we need to do the programmed rate increase as was agreed to in the rate study um, in order to keep moving on the CIP and keep those projects going. So as I showed um, on these slides here, these two slides for water and wastewater, as you can see, so for, for wastewater, all the non-venture water pure projects will be completed with the funding available in the existing rate study. So any funding that we're looking for in the future currently as identified in this CIP work plan. Again, we have more CIPs to go through before we get to rate the next rate study. So right now, as Commissioner Ronio pointed out, we are needing about 200 million to fund the remainder of the project. So that could be a starting point for the next rate study. Although by the time we get to the next rate study, we'll have additional information with refined numbers and refined project list. Um, so that's why I was saying, uh, you know, the rates, the current uh, rate study and existing rates are driving the existing CIP. In the future, when we get to the next rate study, the CIP will drive the next rates. Um, and that's the same for water and wastewater. For water, it's a little bit different. You have more, more projects. Funding-wise, it's, it's uh, less, but more projects that need funding in the out years. How much more time do I have? 
Jim, go. Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you to staff. Uh, what you did here was make this pretty understandable for a non-professional to look at this and get an idea of what you're talking about, uh, what uh, the commissioner talked about here about that last paragraph was kind of a curveball because we all know that expenses always go up. You kind of refine that down to where it's a little more understandable. Um, our objective tonight is to review the CIP work plan, right? Right, we did. And any changes we need to have, is there another objective as well to that or is that the two things we need to accomplish? That's it. Okay. <clears throat> so once those two things are done, we're good to go. Um, it says here that uh, important to note the CIP planning tool is not a funding document, but there's a lot of funding in there. So I'm, I'm kind of, I, I read this and then I go and look because you have to project out what that means. And then in the next paragraph it says the cost uh, providing the CIP sheets uh, and project list are preliminary or rough engineer estimates. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is this like a water pier where, like we've talked about, is this going to be another exploding bomb? I think you've convinced me with um, uh, Commissioner Savage's presentation and your presentation as well. I'm a lot more comfortable with this than I've ever been before. I've been here almost four years and I got to tell you, you open this up and it's a little bit frightening and then you start going through it, you go, well, okay, I, you guys put a lot of effort into this and I think this is what we asked for. We're, we're in the soil, we're not deep in the, deep in the roots, but I think for uh, the level we need to be, now these people are going to find out some stuff for us on uh, Water Pier and, and that's going to be great, but I have to rely on you people to honestly tell me what it is, where we're going, uh, and I trust you to do that. And you've never proven me wrong, so I thank you very much for your work. Oh, one other thing. Um, the idea about a multi-use building uh, coming out of the general plan would be a really good idea in the future. I don't know if city council would ever approve that, but uh, we need to move all that stuff uh, away from where it is now. There's not enough room. You need to actually have a larger admin building to accomplish uh, um, public works and, and the water department and those other things. And it should be separate from we're focusing on here and that's providing water to our constituents, our citizens. That's it. Okay. Um, I have an idea. And I think I might, it may help get to George's answer through another direction. So you have your slide 14, and then let's take a look at your staff report, page number eight, and specifically project number 96945. Page eight of the staff report. Page nine. That's nine. Oh, says nine. Okay. That's good. I was like, All right. okay, I understand that. <laughs> oh, my, my PDF here, it's eight. Okay. Okay. You can use my PDF. And we're talking about the uh, wastewater plant advanced purification facility. And uh, we have. What project number again? Sorry? What project number again? Uh, project number 96945. Oh, Okay. Gotcha. Help me reconcile between slide 14 
and this spreadsheet as to what is the level of confidence that the numbers in the out years have any accuracy, I'm sorry, I used the wrong word, any comfortability that that number is a legitimate number. Are you in, is that, those numbers in the out years, 2028, which is $130 million, class five or class one? So, and Ms. Trebo, I think um, yeah. Ms. Szymanski is ready to answer this yeah, question. Yeah, I'm, ha I'm happy you. to take that one. Oh, I was going to refer to you. I didn't mean Linda. to pick on you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we do. We are not in design for this project yet. So um, we do not have a class estimate. However, we have had our owners' advisors work on this estimate for us. So they have reached out to other clients that they have worked on. They understand this work. And they have also talked to vendors to update our costs. So while we are not on the class yet, so we're probably very low on the classes here, we still have some confidence in this number as opposed to like the membrane bioreactor project where we are in design and the designers have provided us with a class four. I'm gonna try and synthesize what you said to put it down into my, my brain and what I'm hearing what you say is that you're in class six because <laughs> it's not even on that. You don't have a comfort level yet on that number We've, that matches we that that slide. We we do not usually these class numbers come from um, they're rated by designing. Um, so we're we're very low on the class number, but we're fairly confident in the number that we have. It's not been provided by a designer, but we have done a lot of work in putting that cost estimate together. Okay. Let's take this to the next step. We're asked to approve two wastewater projects and seven water projects. Venture Water Pure, project 96945, is one of those that you're asking for funding in the out years. You're going to come back to us next year and ask for rates, seven, eight, nine percent. What is the scenario if that number doubles again? What does that trigger? And I'm just trying to get an understanding here of what is the exposure. Not saying it's going to happen, but I'm trying to put fence posts on this football field here to understand what, what, how big are we looking at here and what is our potential for things to go sideways. And Chair Ronio, um, while Ms. Sumansky thinks about the answer, uh, the reason the focus on tonight isn't on Ventura Water Pure or other projects like it is it's already in the capital improvement program and it's been in the program for years. And so that's why the focus has been on projects that actually changed and moved around. Um, so that's, uh, I would say, not you know critical to the commission's um, task or uh, moving forward to the city council at that point. So I just wanted to clarify um, that role, it's, it's already in the program and the, the costs are just being updated by staff um, as they get more refined over time. 
Um, but with that, maybe Ms. Szymanski, do you want to answer that uh, question? It looks like you might need a little more time. I mean, I, I, I can answer that. Um, right now, we have a class four um, cost estimate for the membrane bioreactor project from our designer. I would say that the advanced water purification plant, while we don't have a designer on board, is also at a class four level. Okay. Thank you for that. Here's where I'm going with it and why I brought that up. Tomorrow night, I might be asked in order to give a statement to city council, whether or not based upon this commission and the feedback that we received tonight, do we agree with these two projects on the wastewater side and seven projects going forward and being in the capital improvement plan? The next statement is going to have to be what level of confidence or comfortability do I have with those or the commission has with those and that these are going to hit their mark? Or may we expect that there could be potential pitfalls going forward? Go ahead, Mike. Please help me. <laughs> well, I'm going I'm to, being in, in the industry, and I actually still am a little bit, I, I, I've seen some of the lists of the consultants that are involved in this, and there's prime consultants and sub-consultants. Some of those sub-consultants are the people there in the book that we were given to read. I understand I haven't had a chance to do that until I get my new cataract <laughs> fixed, but uh, practically speaking, um, they're talking to people. There's a map that, in fact, I sent to our manager here that shows all the pure water projects going on in California. And all the people that are working on those, to a large extent, are working on this. So when she says that they're going off learning from what's going on by others, I guess I feel particularly comfortable. Pure water SoCal, pure water Monterey, pure water, you know, there's a number of these plants going on, and the bids are coming in, and the prices are coming in. So I think at this point, unlike maybe other projects, there's a lot of these going on, and number of these firms are working on a lot of these, and I won't get into the names of the firms, but practically speaking, they are probably as on top of this as anybody. Is it, have they gone down, you know, beam by beam, four by four, no. Do they know what these things are costing now? Probably pretty well. So I guess from that perspective, I have some comfort. I hope you do too, but I, once I do know some of the people that are working on this, directly, but um, I don't know all the people from all the firms because there's a lot of different players. These, most of these are big firms that do this with cost estimators that are on staff. I was always there. I was with that with firms. I knew I had somebody I could go to that was an expert, and that's why you choose those types of firms to work for you on these. So, yeah, they can't categorize it now, but I don't imagine they're off by much now. But there's a lot of pressure, too, because having said that there's a lot of these plants, it also means there's a lot of competition mm -hmm. uh, to find contractors that are available and are willing to give you a good price because they're all busy. Okay. And so there's, there's those challenges, too. There's, there's a lot going on right now. And so, yeah, we all need to be nervous about it. But I think from my perspective, now you have to decide if you want to 
feel comfortable saying that to council, but I, and I'm not sure if others might want to comment if they concur with me or not, but just once again, I'm still working a little bit and with some of the key people that are part of this. And I've talked to, I've talked to friends in the industry about why are costs going up from different firms and they're seeing that it happened everywhere and uh, the rationale for it. So that's kind of where my perspective. Well, and just real quick, I want to add to that before the conversation goes too much further. This is only one component of the cost increases. As the staff report states right below in that same paragraph, um, recently project costs have been particularly difficult to estimate given inflationary pressures for wages and materials, supply chain difficulties, and delays extending the duration for construction, and significant increases in contractor gross margins that occurred post-COVID. So as we progress past COVID and as we have addressed these for inflation, I think we can expect, uh, we'll see these refinements, but we're hoping that we're not going to see the major inflationary cost increases that we've seen over the last two years. So I think it's important to note that there's, it's not just this driving the cost changes. Thank you for that. I'd no like others. to add just a, one more different spin on it slightly, uh, similar to what you're saying. I put CIPs together for decades, and there's inherent uncertainty in all CIPs that nobody can do anything about. When you first plan a project, you've got to put something in for the rates, but it's unformed and you don't know if you might need a little pump station over here and you're, you're vague on even the definition of the project, but you want to put it in the CIP because you need to start planning for it. So you've got these projects in the CIP that are kind of poorly formed, but they've got to be in there because you can't just leave them out. So you're always struggling with what that number should be. You know, you don't, and, and there's uncertainty. So, and then you have other things that drive it, like all of a sudden there's a shortage of steel and all your pipeline costs go up. They never do seem to go down. So <laughs> I think that given the fact that that's just inherent in everybody's CIPs, no matter how great you are at putting CIPs together, I think the city's, we can be comfortable with the numbers to the extent that anybody could put it together. Okay. I don't know how eloquent that was, but. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, both of you. Um, no other comments. Uh, anyone else you want? You got another need in the shot? Sure. Go for it. Okay. So I'm going to pick one project in attachment B. And it is, <laughs> Mike, you're going to like this one. Um, Actually, I'm going to go for two, and I want to start with the State Water Interconnect project. So if I heard this right, that is being deprioritized? No. Project number in that. It is no. project number what page? Uh, 97949. Nine, seven. Okay, so from the slide presentation, I believe you said it's being delayed a year? It's being, it's being the, the implementation is being delayed uh, into the next fiscal year um, due to funding constraints. Okay, because when I hear it's being delayed, I kind of put that synonymously with deprioritized. No, and actually, in fact, it's, it retains its priority. There were, if, if it had fallen off the list, other projects could have come on 
Um, this is a, a quite an expensive project, but it's retained its priority um, and was, was uh, specifically adjusted to be able to keep it in the work plan and keep it moving. Um, and so, and that was one of the things I think, um, oh yeah, here. So, um, like I said, when we were proposing, we're looking at moving projects, we looked at these factors and um, again, this project has grant funding um, that has um, timeframes that needs to be completed by or we risk losing that grant funding. Um, and then we have partnerships and commitments with other agencies. The State Water Project Interconnection is a uh, partnership project with Cayugas. We have commitments with them. And so we've, we have only moved this project around in order to meet these um, obligations. And we were moving it uh, forward, I think, I think it might even be six months versus a year, six months to a year, was allowed us to go ahead and, and, com and continue working on that project. Yeah, the project, the project was delayed approximately six, six months, and that allows us to shift some of the funding into a subsequent fiscal year for construction. Um, the project itself is at 90% design, basically, so um, you know, our consultant's working on their 90% design, they'll be delivering that. Um, coming up here, they're working on a few minor uh, design details, so we have a significantly advanced design. We have grant funding that would expire if we chose not to proceed with the project. And we have um, commitments to our partner agencies to complete the project. In fact, Cayugas is building their portion of the project on a schedule that will be close to our schedule. So we won't hopefully have any stranded assets out there from one agency or the other. You looking for my comment down here? <laughs> you know what, I'm gonna go in a little bit of a different direction with this, but I'm glad to see Everybody nodding when they said it's times out with Cayegas, so that's good. So I want to just go back a page, if we can, 97945. This was the project that I originally was going to talk about. But I want to put a placeholder on State Water Interconnect for a moment, okay? So repair, restoration, intake structure. Is this Foster Park? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, it, it, this is a matter of the critical and, you know, essential. Okay, so we had that project, the subsurface intake structures, it's gone, pretty much. It's not, the pipes connected is not there, it's got no, no power. No, the intake structure, that's a different pipeline. Um, the intake structure pipeline um, is still, uh, there, it's actually uh, the uh, there's a couple of different pipes. So there's one pipe that is perforated that is underground and behind the subsurface uh, now exposed dam, um, and that takes water from the river into the intake structure. Um, when the intake structure uh, pumps are operational, then that water comes back across the river um, and goes to the um, uh, avenue plant. So currently right now, uh, the issues with the intake structure are, one, when this um, CIP was originally put in, it was just to address um, uh, aging infrastructure. So we knew that the intake structure, um, the pumps in their electricity was very old, was gonna need to be updated soon. Um, so this has been in here for a while. Um, and, and then um, I believe it was, uh, 
in 2020, uh, we had our first uh, uh, shutdown of our Foster Park facilities um, due to our um, uh, agreement with uh, Channel Keeper um, settlement on the river. Um, and so uh, we had a shutdown there that lasted, I think, I can't remember exactly, but maybe six months. Um, and when we went to turn the intake structure back on um, due to that uh, elongated shutdown, um, the, the pumps were no longer operational. Um, and so it's been out of operation um, since then. Um, in last year's storm, the electricity was uh, removed or taken out by the storm um, and, and down lines in the park. So uh, that was removed um, and we are pursuing the best way to replace that. We have currently um, a condition assessment on the intake structure that was just recently completed um, that we are reviewing and we're actually proceeding uh, currently right now uh, into the um, design phase for that project, pre-design probably, um, working on that uh, with engineering staff. And then additionally, um, since the um, settlement with Channel Keeper, uh, two related projects have been added into this project and that was the, um, the in order to comply with the settlement for fish passage projects, those are included in here. That's one reason why the costs have increased. Um, and, uh, and so one was the, uh, uh, the notching that occurred um, last year and a half. Um, and, uh, and so that was the first project. The second project is to address the pipeline that goes back across the river um, that's covered in concrete. And so um, we recently got a grant from DWR to cover that project. Um, and so, but it was tied a little bit with the condition assessment the first phase of that project is a um, uh, um, I'm losing the word, but a, uh, decide which way we're going to go. So um, to um, determine whether or not we are going to alternatives assessment. Sorry. So we're trying to uh, identify the, which alternative we're going to pursue uh, for addressing that pipeline as a barrier. So one alternative is to um, dig it further, drill it further, and when it cross under the river um, with horizontal directional drilling. Um, another option is to, is to go around, or no, uh, was gonna go up and back across behind the um, subsurface dam near where the other pipe is. So it was, we should get, be getting less erosion, um, expect less erosion in that area. Um, so. Thanks for all that. Could I finish yeah. my question? Sure. Um, Basically, I did a little field trip out there the other day, and I walked out to the area that's hidden behind all the bamboo growth. Is that the subsurface intake structure? It's kind of like Gilligan's Island out there. Um, I don't, um, not for sure, since I wasn't um, there. Um, I don't know if we have that's any recent small, pictures. Okay. Small it's a building. white. Yeah, there's a bunch of blue pipes sitting on a terrace at the okay. top. Um, there's a blue pipe that was broken going oh, across the river. Oh, that's further upstream. That's a different. So, so the intake structure is directly across from the subsurface dam, which is exposed. So right, we've shown pictures before, I think, of the dam and the notch. And straight across is the facility. Prior to last year's storms, it, you couldn't see it. Now, the last couple years, it's a white stucco building that was built in the early 1900s. Um, That'll be the same place. It's right there. And then the, the, the blue pipes you're referring to are further upstream. I don't know what, like a mile? 
There's power lines that have been disconnected. There's blue pipes that were tied into concrete that are broken across the river. That's the, you're, you're on the Nye Wells. That's the Nye Wells pipeline. That's the Nye Well yeah, pipeline. That was the emergency project that was added last year. It was right. a different CIP project. Um, and I, as um, Gina's going to talk about later, <laughs> there's a, the emergency has become another emergency. So uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that now, Gina. All right, let me just interrupt if I can, because here's where I'm going with this. State Water Interconnect is forecasted to supply what percentage of water when it comes online? Up to 2,000 acre feet per year. Two th or how much of a percentage of our overall water supply? 10%, 20%? Less than 10%. Okay. And then we have the Casitas Municipal Water District contract negotiation coming up at the end of 2026. And now we have basically Nye Wells at a service and the subsurface intake structure at a service. So we have a, a possible rate increase coming from Casitas, which is our first source of <coughs> highest quality water. And then we have our second source, which is our primary city-owned highest quality water, kind of at a commission. So my question is, will these issues be resolved to put us at a, a strong position when it comes to address this Casitas rate agreement coming up at the end of 2026? Will these facilities be back online? Yes. We're working on uh, bringing the Nye Wells back online in an emergency uh, work that will be starting tomorrow. And is that in the CIP that's before no, us tonight? No, it's operational. When is it going to come before council or before the Water Commission? The council has been informed that there's an emergency that we need to do. Or sorry, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. The council's been informed that we had an emergency due to the storms. Um, we are getting quotes in right now in an emergency purchase order together. We needed to pull an environmental permit. Um, all those are coming together. It's fluid. We're going to bring an update to council tomorrow. Um, but we do have a permit to start working as soon as we can. It is not a capital improvement project. It's an emergency repair project through operations. Okay. Thank you. Did you get that, Commissioner Amendola? Got some of it. Basically, uh, yes, the, the pipe was uh, broken last week, and the staff already went out um, under Ms. Dorrington's direction at the end of last week, did an evaluation. Um, they've already notified uh, the appropriate agencies of the issue, and they'll start on the emergency repairs tomorrow. So staff is working. Um, to get that repaired um, uh, as quickly, as efficiently as possible as an emergency um, uh, repair and maintenance project. Is there anything that we should be thinking about as coming before us related to this project or council? Does this go into like an emergency plan? Well, the, the, the project that's still in the CIP um, the long-term plan is still to relocate the pipeline out of the river, um, as noted in the capital improvement program. Um, and it would go, well, um, one of you can speak to this better than I can, but it would be realigned down a road and then cross a bridge to get into our main line to get to the avenue plant. 
Um, but in the short term, no, for this pipeline repairing it, we're going to do it as quickly as possible under emergency permits, and there really isn't any need for, um, you know, it's really a staff function, and um, council's been notified, and um, staff is going to complete it as soon as possible, um, as efficiently as possible. Okay, one more follow-up, and I just need to drive this point home. If State Water Interconnect is delayed, and we have nigh wells out of service, how do you delay State Water Interconnect? Will these wells be up and running before the time frame that State Water Interconnect be up and running, or is the CIP for the subsurface intake, is that gonna be delayed longer than State Water Interconnect? Where's the scale here? How do you balance these out? So the Comprehensive Water Resource Report takes a look at, you know, what resources we have available. So we do have our groundwater. We do have Lake Casitas. Um, this is, we're in an agreement right now with Channel Keeper for a, a physical solution on the river, which requires us to shut down our river source in the event that the flow is low. So we are already at that stage where we have to make up that river source with our groundwater pumping or with Lake Casitas. Um, the state water interconnect is a backup water supply for those constraints on our existing water supply. Ventura Water Pure answers where are we going to get more water by adding 20% more water supply to our portfolio. Yeah, I, I understand that this justifies Ventura Water Pure, but let's imagine Ventura Water Pure was not in the mix. Mm. What would be prioritized? Would it be state water interconnect or would it be subsurface intake and deny wells? How would you balance this out <coughs> without justification for Ventura Water Pure? It comes down to uh, utilizing our other sources that are available more and finding out what we are going to be able to do. And Commissioner Amendola, to answer your specific question, the, the, the pipeline will be repaired by Ms. Torrington and her team within, within the next few weeks. So then we will have nine wells seven and eight back available to supply um, the city and its customers. And then for the intake structure repair, um, the, the CIP sheet says it will be completed by fiscal year, um, the end of fiscal year 25-26. So it will be, um, the current plan is to complete it in the next few years. Um, so it does remain a priority. So, so with the previous emergency declaration that was discovered in, I don't know, April 2023 or prior from the last winter storm. Is that facility up and running? So, so it's the same pipeline. It's so the same it one. Was, so last year during the storm, the pipeline from nice, well, seven and eight that crosses the river north of Foster Park was uh, exposed through stream erosion and was essentially hanging across the river. Yeah. So we created a uh, an emergency project to add the CIP, which is project number 97998, which is called the 978 Conveyance Pipe Reroute. And so that project was to begin design um, and then construction 
of taking that pipeline back. Um, oh, Ron, you want to talk Santa, about? Santa Ana Road. Um, and then back across Casitas Vista Bridge. Um, while that project was in development, um, and it's, it's still the permanent fix for the pipeline. So that was the permanent fix for the exposure of the pipeline. Subsequently, while that's ongoing, we had another rain event. Um, the bank eroded another 20 feet, um, exposing um, not the pipe that was originally exposed, but the pipe it's connected to that was in the bank. Um, a tree fell over, fell onto the pipeline, and pushed it down the river. So there's a concrete pipe that's got HDPE inside of it that's laying across the river. There's a blue PVC pipe on it sticking out of the bank. Um, contractors are out there today. They are coming up with the plan to reconnect it. Um, meanwhile, Ron is still working on project number 97998 because this is just going to keep happening. Okay, so 97998 is the permanent solution? Yes. Thank you. Okay, Mike? I, I just wanted to add some help if I might, Commissioner. <laughs> uh, a couple of things to think about. You talk about the water from Lake Casitas and that area. I do remember it is part of our mix, but it only serves the area that's within the boundary of Casitas Water District. So I think as far around as about Seward, is that? But it doesn't, Mills. It doesn't go all Mills. around. So. And I think your concerns about water supply are well found. I think we're going to talk about those for a comprehensive water okay. plan later. But I will, from my perspective, the state water project is 10,000 acre feet. Gross. Uh, there's been discussions I've read that maybe we'd get 9% of that in a drought. So it is a, a supply that mixes in. If I had to bet on which water I want, I want the water that's there 100% of the time. So, and, but I'm not going to mention the name of that because you don't want to talk about it. But, <laughs> it wasn't fair. But, but I think these are things we need to talk about in the future, and I think you have a very valid point that we have some risk of our water supplies. Yeah, and my, my, one of my biggest concerns, just to add on, is being at a disadvantage when it comes to addressing the contract negotiation with Casitas coming up at the end of 2026. I'm as concerned, and maybe I don't know enough about it, the fact that we're still in adjudication for the groundwater, surface water issues there, and in-stream flows uh -huh. are being evaluated by the state board and Fish and Game. Yep. Those are, those are all concerns. Absolutely, but we have a I look forward contract. to those discussions in the future, but I... Probably not appropriate for the CIP today. Okay. But thank you. <laughs> Jim? Yeah, my uh, question was, could you repeat uh, the last two years that we would have gotten allotment from the state if we had um, our interconnect operable? Ms. Dorrington? I've heard it before, but it's, I'm just bringing the number up. Um, we started uh, 20, was it 2020 with zero? Or is it 2021? So just the last two years. The last year. Oh, so last year was 100%, but the prior year it was basically zero. 100%? Last year because of all the rain. Okay. Yes. In the north. And the year prior to that was? Zero. Zero percent. Okay. Health I heard, and safety. I heard five and then ten. It was, but it so was essentially zero, and you had to show a health and safety need and submit that to uh, the WR, and you were given an like, allocation greater than zero to meet your health and safety needs, but the okay. allocation was essentially zero. Zero, the, yeah. uh, two years back. Yes. And then the new water year was 100%? Well, last year was 100%. Okay. Um, 
this year, they, I, I haven't seen an update. They normally, they've been a little bit slow on the updates this year. The water year started off slow. I think it was, it started at five or 10%, pretty conservative. I'm not started sure if these- Started at 15 and you're up to 30. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. I just want to, and I know San Gorgonio is still our customer, right? Until we make the interconnect. Uh, they still are taking that water gas, yeah. okay. or okay. purchasing it. It's kind of off the, off, off the wall, <laughs> but he was mentioning Quite state a bit of money water, and can we depend on it? Thank you. Okay, so I think we've all had our chance here in order to talk to staff. We have a recommendation here to conduct a workshop to review and provide feedback on the proposed changes to the wastewater and water projects that are proposed for 25 through 29 in the capital improvement program. Again, to recap, we were asked to do we have a comfortability level with the two wastewater projects and the seven water projects to go forward in the CIP for 26 through 20, uh, correction, 25 through 29? And the removals, I think. And the removal of the other ones, yes. Specifically in the work plan? Yes. Because the description is CIP, but we've really only reviewed the work plan. Yep. So with that being said, is there any last questions? Uh, does someone want to make a motion? Does someone want to provide direction to the chair as to what you would like to see? Chair Ronnie. Sorry? Public comment. No, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> yes, public comment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bert Handy. Good evening, board. It was a very instructive conversation tonight, and my questions were answered basically by the staff, by the commissioner's questions. Thank you. Thank you. Any other public comments? Okay. I, I could make a motion. Go for it. Wait a minute. Um, the motion would be that the Water Commission recommends that City Council approve changes to the CIP work plan. I, I would like to also clarify that we have not reviewed the um, unplanned projects. So our recommendation to approve the changes to the project, the work plan projects. That. That's the additions and deletions. Oh, additions and deletions. Yeah, we yep. should be clear about that. Let me try again. <laughs> yeah, I think the word changes captures. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. okay, so the commission recommends that the city council approve the changes to the work plan projects, CIP work plan projects, and that we have not reviewed the unplanned projects. Okay, we have a motion on the floor. Do I hear a second? I'll second that. We have a second up for discussion. Go ahead. So, earlier in agenda item one, we spoke about not really having any solid foundational evidence to support these numbers and the reason for standing up the ad hoc committee to review this. And I'm wondering, based on your appearance in front of council a couple of weeks ago, do you recall the statement that you made to council? I do. Is it possible that as a friendly amendment, we could include the very same statement in this motion? 
not at this time because I have new information that's been provided to me um, since that that um, I think addresses that issue. Interesting. And I, I specifically do not want to go into any details about it this time because I would like to make sure that I do not direct or corrupt in any way the investigation that Susan and Mike are going to be doing on the waste on the venture water pier side. My, my hope is that when they dive into their information that they will find the same information from a different direction in order to support or provide new information to me that counters what I found and what my feelings are about it. Interesting. So that's not known to me. That is not known to you. Right. Okay. Not even known to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um. She finds this really boring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finding it pretty frustrating. <laughs> but um, so here's, here's my general feeling about this, my general comment. While we are not specifically speaking about Ventura Water Pier and the CIP projects at large, this recommendation would sort of endorse the inclusion of Ventura Water Pier projects because they're peppered throughout the CIPs that we have in our package tonight. I think not. We have two items. They're not changes. What items specifically are we looking at then? So the, uh, what is on your slide 19 and 20. <coughs> yep. 19 and 20. 19 and 20. Okay. So on the wastewater side. Mm -hmm. Staff is asking for us to fund approximately $206 million starting in 2027. So Commissioner Amendola, if I, if I may, the, again, the membrane bioreactor and Ventura Water Pure uh, program projects are already in the capital improvement program. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that um, council or staff will view um, the current motion on the floor as any, um, as to speaking to those projects in any way. They're already in the plan, and so uh, staff wasn't really looking for expecting any feedback um, on those only projects. The table one and table two projects in the staff report. That's it. Table one is new projects added to the work plan. Table two is projects removed from the work plan. So basically they're asking us to endorse everything in red? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Red. Any other discussion? We have a motion and a second on the floor. Hearing none, call for the vote. Commissioner Ackerman? Yes. Commissioner Amendola? No. Commissioner Arvinster is absent. Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner Savage? Yes. Vice Chair, oh, I already said that. Um, 
Chair Aronio? Yes. And the motion passes with four ayes, one no, and one absent. Thank you, staff. It's a lot of work, but this was very helpful. Okay. We have uh, one more item on here, general manager's report. Starting with, uh, I have page 30 of our presentation. One more line. Um, no, I, I have my, thank you. All right, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I was not planning on bringing a full general report um, today, but I am gonna bring you a um, update regarding the recent storm events. Um, so staff was notified of an exposed pipeline on Shoreline Drive in the Pierpont Lanes. This was infrastructure that was installed in 2020 for water quality and fire flow needs. High surf and high rains have contributed to eroding the base and cement cap of this line and is now partially exposed with riprap boulders sitting directly upon it. The line has been isolated and no water services have been interrupted and staff is currently evaluating how they're going to remove that riprap and uh, reprotect the pipe. Uh, staff also experienced a reduction in flow at the Avenue treatment plant during February 5th. Inspection of the transmission line from the Ventura River nine wells found that the, there was a break in the line. Uh, Jenny did a great job of describing exactly what happened. Um, and it is currently being reviewed with staff for an emergency um, emergency work. Uh, we did with the um, help of our biologist and our distribution manager, we're able to secure environmental permits today. Um, the contractor's ready to uh, go on site and um, start working to reconnect that pipe. Um, so we will be utilizing Lake Casitas and our groundwater sources. Um, demand is low, it's winter, um, so we don't have any concerns about um, strain on our uh, providing uh, water customer service. Um, during the heavy rains, the city also experienced um, some inundation of stormwater runoff into some of our sewer lift stations, and we were able to um, take from our emergency stock of supply and um, repower a um, lift station, built a diversion canopy so that water could be flowed in. Um, we then experienced a, um, another failure within a lift station, and because we did not have, we, our spare parts had been utilized to um, go down the line. Um, we have one lift station that we're, we're monitoring via um, sewer manhole um, level in indicators, and staff is going out there on routine inspection and cleaning to keep that flowing uh, until we can get more parts. It's just a cost of supply and demand. So we'll be looking at the um, electrical upgrades for that sewer lift station. Um, due to the high volume and duration of the stormwater peak flows into the wastewater reclamation facility, uh, we did experience an overflow of our irrigation process. Uh, staff was able to contain this flow and bring everything back into the wastewater facility uh, headworks. Um, and uh, due to their quick response, we, we did not lose our uh, biological process. Um, but because we have been pumping at such high flows through the storm um, uh, infiltration, our secondary effluent line from the sand filters to the um, tertiary sand, from, from these secondary uh, sed tanks to our tertiary fil filters, so a vital piece of um, infrastructure ruptured. 
Um, <laughs> so we have, um, we, we have set up bypass pumping, and we maintain uh, water treatment throughout the wastewater treatment throughout the um, whole event. Um, we will be getting in there to inspect that line. This is a line that is scheduled to be demolished in the MBR upgrade. So depending on the extent of um, the damage to that pipe, we may repair it or we may just leave the bypass pumping in place until the completion of the MBR. Um, despite all of that, uh, service was maintained for all of our facilities. Um, there were no sanitary sewer overflows um, and uh, staff uh, responded um, very quickly and very professionally. Thank you, Good. and we will be back here um, in two weeks on the 26th. Any uh, commissioner communications? Nope. Hearing none, uh, let's go ahead and I'll take a motion to adjourn, and I have a time of uh, 7.55. So moved. Second. 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 Susan and Mike. We are adjourned. Thank you, everyone.